Hi everyone, welcome back to Agape's podcast on the book of Psalms. And for today's reading, we'll be continuing with uh, Psalm 119. And we are now at verses 41 to 48. Verses 41 to 48. Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. Let us read the scripture passage. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. And this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, may you guide our hearts now, even as we reflect, relate, and rest in your holy word. Amen. Similar to other verses we have explored in Psalm 119, this segment talks about the importance of the word of God in our lives. And this time round, the word of God is related to salvation. Verse 41 says that salvation comes from God as according to His promise. This also means that without God, we can have no salvation. We cannot create our own or seek for one on our own. Yet salvation is totally the grace and a gift from God according to His promise. Now at that point of history, the psalmist, when he wrote uh, Psalm 119, this section, he might not know about the full plan of God in Jesus Christ. But we know. We know with hindsight and that is a blessing and a privilege to us. We know that according to the promise of God, He saved us through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Therefore, as verse 41 said, God's salvation is also His steadfast love. Love that is steadfast is a love that is faithful. A love that is steadfast is a love that is unwavering. That is how precious God's salvation is. Born out of His steadfast love for you and for me. And it is being fulfilled through the sacrificial death of His only begotten Son. So, my friends, we can do well to keep this in remembrance so that we can live the redeemed life with gratefulness and constant thanksgiving. Verse 42 says that those who received the gift of salvation have also the word of truth. Now, the word of truth is always given to those who hear the gospel, right? Because the gospel is the word of truth. 
and even as we hear, as we are convicted, we receive it. Therefore the word of truth is on the lips of those who are saved. For in turn, they proclaim the gospel to those who said that perhaps God is not true. They speak forth of the word of God even in response to those who taunts at us, who laugh at Christians professing the faith. Now why would those redeemed by God do that? Why would we risk our lives or even reputation or um, by insisting on what is right? Verses 42, 43 and 47 outline the motivations of the redeemed. It outlined the motivations and intentions of those who are so willing to share the gospel with other people. Now they proclaim the truth even to those hostile in the gospel to the gospel because they have trust, they have hope, and they have delight in the word of God. Therefore, just like the Apostle Paul, right, he said in Romans chapter one that he was not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the very power of God to save. Yet even as we proclaim the gospel, the psalmist reminded us in verses 44 to 45 that the word of God has to be kept continuously. The hearing and doing of God's word is a lifetime journey for the Christian. It is not a one-off security thicket to slack for the rest of our new life. It is not even an ad hoc practice of worshipping God only on certain days of our lives or of the calendar for that matter. The salvation of God, though freely given, though a gift from God, is glorious enough for us to take it seriously right to our very graves. And this is so that in our journey with God, we can grow in maturity, we can grow in joy, we can grow in freedom, to see and act in all things according to the perspective of God, who is the creator of this universe. And I believe no one can take a shortcut to such a process. For some, it is a longer process as determined by the Lord. For some, it could be a bit shorter. But no matter what, the psalmist advice that we find delight in God's commandments during such a journey. We find the love in God's word. For that is the very steadfast love of God, given in the way of His Son. My friends, how do you relate to the psalmist's love and delight in the word of God? Do you always have delight in the word of God? I must confess that this does not happen to me every day. Some days I don't find delight at all, especially the days when I'm hit with a setback. Instead, I just mow through the word like it's an obligation. And I know that at the end of that devotional time with God, I will not get anything much for my soul, for I failed to go deep enough with Him. I failed to find delight and love in His word. Yet this is not what the psalmist was suggesting, right? This segment of Psalm 119 suggested precisely because he was going through such a challenging time. You know, the enemies were taunting him. And earlier on, he was going through all sorts of challenges. He was going through a tough time. But he decided to find delight and love in God's word. 
Now, what a different way of relating to God's commandments. The more we don't feel like it, the more we ask God to help us love Him and His Word more. And that is the way of the Christian. That is the way of Jesus the Christ. For if I truly understand that God is the well of my joy and strength, then why am I not going to Him more often during good or bad times? Why am I relying more on how I feel rather than what is real about God and His promises? Indeed, we live in a world where many a times you know, individual feelings count more than even reality. For example, we can come to church and say, we, oh, I don't feel connected to the worship because the songs are just so old school. We can complain about sermons because, oh, I don't feel inspired and so forth and so forth. We can drag our feet going to church because we don't feel like it. right? In particular, if we have a party the night before. Or we keep wanting to so-called feel God's presence as if it's something we can command or a particular sensory experience we can explain. But my friends, nowhere in the Bible did God suggest that our faith is dependent on how we feel. Our faith is a gift from God. It's a gift of salvation from God regardless whether we feel lousy or happy, or peaceful, or stressful on a certain day. You see, just because we feel lousy about certain things does not diminish the work of Jesus on the cross. Just because we feel happy does not enhance who God already is and His character. No, He is who He is, regardless of how we feel. Instead, we need to learn like the psalmist of how to regulate in our feelings towards God as He is. I mean, we don't ask Him of things related to God to change, right? To suit our own mood of the day. So no matter how we feel, we are called to delight. Or rather, no matter how we initially feel, we are called to learn to delight and love the Word of God. Why? Because it's worthy to be delighted upon and love. And that is the truth. And if at the end of the day we cannot get around that, perhaps it's more of our own depravity than anything else. Or maybe something is blocking our way to find joy in His Word. And we have to discover what these things are for our own benefit. I mean, sometimes it could be, yes, the way preachers are preaching a particular sermon or the way a song is being sung. And yes, sometimes, you know, as I said elsewhere, it is the responsibility of those who teach and lead to do it well. However, how about ourselves? Do we always uh, make others as excuses? Do we make the effort to first question our own hearts and minds? Are we blaming everyone else for our lack of joy in God's Word and even God Himself? Or is there something deep in us that need healing? My friends, I leave these questions to your own reflection for the rest of the week. May we, like the psalmist, be constant in allowing God's Word to fill us 
And as we do so, may the Lord help us to find delight and love in Him. Amen. Amen.